Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Grecian's Gossip. Um, it's just the two of us today, a two-man team, myself, Jeremy Hawkins and Daniel Clock. Hello. Um, we've got a few things to cover, of course. Um, obviously there was no game on uh, Tuesday night at Port Vale after the game was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Um, but if we look back on, on Saturday, um, a 1-1 draw against Wickham Wanderers, um, a side flying high at the moment, of course. Um, I thought it was quite a entertaining game, a lot better than I think a lot of people were anticipating given uh, the St James's Park pitch and you know, one or two comments made about Wickham's style of play. Um, but um, in the end I thought it was a pretty fair result. Um, City did have their chances but um, ultimately uh, Wickham looked very strong in the second half and had they taken the chances could have been a, a Different result. Uh, Daniel, what were your thoughts on the, the game? Yeah, it was a it was sort of a, a strange-ish game in that you could sort of see both sides, I don't think, were really comfortable with the pitch and the conditions and sort of matched each other a little bit. And, you know, the first half, almost, like I said, Exorcist sort of out-Wickham'd Wickham in their performance. They're very professional and they killed the game a lot, little bit and taking their time over set-pieces and throw-ins. And, you know, it was, wasn't... There wasn't a whole not huge number of chances. You know, I don't think either keeper really for either getting the get side. Well, the whole game really had too many saves to make. Just obviously, you know, I don't know. Garth Ainsworth, I think he must have been very unhappy with his side at half-time because they came out the second half and sort of had a 15-minute spell where they looked really good. Obviously, they got the goal in that in that time as well. And, and then sort of the game just sort of settled down and... Ended up sort of, you almost felt both sides were, were happy with a point. You know, obviously Wickham, you know, an away point always good for their position extra. It was a game that, I think we said last week, it was a game they, they couldn't afford to lose rather than a game they had to win. And, you know, you would take that given the fixtures they've still got to come. You know, that was, you know, a fairly nice-ish run in for the rest of the season. A point against Wickham, it's a you know, decent point, obviously. It keeps them in, in, in and around the chase. Obviously, it's you know, means they've just dropped a little bit outside the playoffs with last night's results, but they've got at least two, if not three, games in hand on everyone else. And you know, you, and the fact that you know, the teams behind them you know, struggled a little bit as well. They dropped points, and they've got games in hand on everyone behind them. So you sort of, you know, even though they've dropped to eighth, you're actually more looking ahead of you rather than over your shoulder because a couple of decent results in those games in hand and actually it will become you won't be worried about them because they're almost you know, they're, they're already behind you with two or three games more played so mm. you fancy holding them off I think I think most people think it was a, it was a fair result the one on draw against Wickham but two decent sides and you know actually on Wickham we said a bit about their reputation last week for, for time wasting and a bit of gamesmanship and I was actually a little bit disappointed by them because I didn't think they did it anywhere near as much as I was anticipating, really. actually got the ball in, in play a bit more than 
you know, we're expecting, but they look a decent side, and I think they'll be in and around the, you know, the, the push for the promotion playoffs. Yeah, I think they might struggle a little bit next season, obviously with the age of that side, but I think it's a fair point and a, and a good point we'll be looking back on at the end of the season. Mm. Just on the gamesmanship thing, it was interesting because when Marcus Spine scored the level that he ran straight away to get the ball going back to the halfway line, so they clearly wanted to, to get the win um, and you know they played some quite decent attacking football actually, particularly in the, in the second half. And um, just on the, the Port Vale postponement, obviously it was called off as early as possible as Port Vale wanted it before you know any fans or players travelled, which was quite good of them. But not uh, not David Byram, unfortunately. No, he, got to, like he just got on the train. Yeah, he got to experience a wet, cold, windy Tuesday night in Stoke, but without the football. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, we're looking at the tables in front of us. The results more or less went against what City would have hoped for. Commentary lost to Colchester last night. They're on a bit of a bad run at the moment. Um, but as you said, Dan, down to eighth, but two, if not three, games in hand. So it, it's still very much all to play for, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a, sort of a result that you sort of look at. And it was a bit mixed, actually, for, for City. Because obviously the, the sides above them, bar Swindon, who lost at, at Wickham, they all won their games last night, which you'd look at and go, OK, that's not... Ideal, but obviously, as you're saying, Coventry lost, Crawley lost, Newport lost, so all the sides directly behind Exeter actually lost their games last night. So it's a case, you know, it's sort of you're looking that you're almost sort of stretching, you know, if you take City out of that, then so from Lincoln in seventh back to Coventry in ninth, there's a three point gap there between them. And so they sort of the top seven, and obviously Exeter as well, sort of just moving away from those sides, which makes it, you know, presuming City, you know, all they've got, they've got three games in hand on some sides, but if, if even when we win one of them, they'll go into the playoffs, and you'd think they would win one of those games, so, you know, it was a bad night in terms of perhaps the automatic promotion push, and, you know, plans to be in the top three, but it was a very good night in terms of, you know, top seven, and, you know, if you look at it, it might be, you know, obviously it's still a long way to go, but it's sort of, you know, eight teams battling for the seven playoffs and automatic promotion spots rather than as it could have been the other way. It could have been, you know, if Coventry had won and Crawley had won and, and Newport had won, then you'd have had sort of, you know, 10, 11, 12 teams battling there. So, I think, you know, it's, it's obviously all in City's hands, but if they do pick up, you know, in those games in hand, win a couple of games, you know, they'll be safely in the playoffs and I think that's, the, you know, we've got to be looking at this stage make sure you finish no worse than seventh and you know, if you, and obviously do a lot better than that if you can, but that's got to be the minimum aim at this part of the season. Mm. And I guess, of course, the, the pressure will probably be on City now to win those games in hand, but Yeovil, Crew next week, of course, and, and Port Vale uh, as well, obviously. You know, all sides down towards the bottom half of the table, I think Yeovil picked up lately, but... You know, you're saying win one of those games and it'll put us right back up there, but he could be looking at nine points, surely. Well, you'd think so, yeah. But obviously, you know, it is a case of if you win one of those games, you are back in the back in the playoffs and ahead of those sides. But you kind of sort of, you know, obviously depending on the runs of fixtures, you'd be hoping that you'd want probably at least six points from those at those runner games. I mean, it's a little bit of, you know, Port Vale would have been kind of an ideal time to play them last night. I mean, they got thrashed at the weekend. 
perhaps they were, you know, would have not really wanted to, to play back. Play, but obviously, you know, City have got a few injuries around at the minute. Players sort of not, you know, out of, you know, not in t- top shape. So obviously, the later the games go in the season, the more chance we're going to have of seeing the likes of Troy Brown back from injury. Obviously, you know, Ryan Harley just came back from injury. He was only on the bench at the weekend. He'll be fully fit soon. Obviously, the strikers, Simpson and Brunt, and you know they're coming back from from injury. Loft will have had a few more games, got more in in the side. So actually, sort of City, you know, often you know like to have played the game last night. But if you look at the squad, you're more likely to you know to be more have a more fully fit squad by the end of the season. And obviously, City seem to have come on strong. You know, they struggled a little bit over the. The winter months, once it gets going, once you get back into February, March, they seem to pick up form. So it might, be, you know, benefit club. And in the end, obviously, the only thing you downside is say that, yeah, another tough game this weekend, Mansfield, and it's you, you know, you'd probably again take a point from that one. But again, a point would still leave you outside the playoffs. And you know, even if it, even just on goal difference or by a point, you kind of always want to be in seventh rather than eighth, even if you've got the three games in hand, mm. just because it, it feels a little better. And obviously, Mansfield in great form. They put five past their opponents last night coming into it. So it is going to be another tough game for City. Mm. And um, following the, the Wiccan game, um, just thought we'd give a mention to the under-23 side um, who played 24 hours after City on Sunday and um, it sounded like another strong team that was put out. Um, fortunately, neither myself and Daniel were at the game but speaking to Dave about it and he was quite impressed from uh, from what he saw from City once again. Um, a 2 win against Sunderland who fielded quite a strong team with some familiar faces, Paddy McNair and... Jack Rodwell, of course, um, and through to the knockout stages. Uh, we're not sure when or who we're going to be playing because um, there's still a lot to be decided um, in the remaining groups, but you've got the likes of Liverpool and, and Everton, um, some top Premier League sides that could be um, City could be facing coming up. And um, Daniel, unfortunately, I haven't been to any of the games this season, but it's sounding quite promising, isn't it? Yeah, and I think particularly given that um, the team on Sunday was was pretty much probably the weakest team we've actually seen from from City in the competition this year. Obviously, with the game on Saturday and the fact they were expecting a game on the Tuesday night meant that sort of anyone in and around the first team squad, you know, they couldn't really risk them playing twice in, 40, in 24 hours or ahead of the Tuesday night game. So... I think we've seen obviously the likes of Liam McAlinden has played a few games this year. Boateng I know has played a couple. You know, Kane Wilson, Kyle Edwards, these guys have played in most of the games, but they didn't play on uh, sort of on Sunday. In fact, Ryan Brunt was the only overage player in that side. Obviously, he's just coming back from injury, and the two goals came after he after he came off, and it was a fully under twenty three side, which you know you don't have to do. You can have a few overage players in there as well. So it was a you know a real chance for some of the youngsters to to get some game time and prove that you know they can you know looks like there might be some more good ones coming off the production line. It's another win. It's another confident win. I think the under 18s this season have another you know they seem to be winning pretty much every week in their game. So it is you know some good results coming through for the youngsters and you know gives you hope that you know obviously there's, a, there's another Ollie Watkins or Ethan Ampadu. You know, on the cards, ready to to come into the into the side, and as and when 
media is obviously Jordan Story, someone who's played a, in those games earlier this season. Obviously, he you know made his debut, or full debut at Luton, kept his place ahead of you know the more experienced Danny Seaborn for the Wickham game. So that doesn't look out of place at this point in the tight sides, and you should be looking around and think. Yeah, that will give the under twenty threes real confidence that they'll be looking. Okay, this guy, he's playing. He was playing alongside me. He's now in the first team. You know, all, all I need is one, you know, lucky break or one opportunity, and I'll keep my name in there. Because obviously we've seen, oh, I suppose the likes of Matt Jay, been you know Alex Byrne have been in and around the squad, but they always look to, you know, impress it reasonably a lot when they do get the chance for the senior team and. You know, this is giving them, you know, much needed valuable game time against experienced opposition and then winning as well. So, you know, obviously, you know, it might not be the top of the you know, priority this season, but it'd be great for City to keep on winning, get obviously in the round of sixteen, you know, like they could get another home tie would be be really helpful. And just keep going as far as you can, beating as many good teams as you can and getting the as much experience as these, these players can under their belts. So yet another plus for the the academy and the developmental side, I suppose. Um, let's just have a look to head to Mansfield. I mentioned it briefly earlier. Um, you know they're absolutely flying at the moment. They've climbed right into the playoff mix and the automatic promotion race. Um, a five 0 win, as Daniel said, against Newport um, on Tuesday night. You know they had a bit of a sluggish start of the season. They signed about. 15, 20 players, so obviously it's going to take time to gel, but Steve Evans has just about got it you know, going right for them at the perfect time of the season. Um, I went to the reverse fixture early in the season and um, Mansfield played pretty well actually and should have won that game, um, were not for Lee Holmes' um, late equaliser. Um, it's just another tough game, Dan, isn't it? We've played... You know, Coventry, Knox County, Luton, Wickham, and now Mansfield. It's just a ridiculous run against the top side, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously it is another tough game. But it's, I suppose if you look at it the other way, obviously you know it sort of means Exeter have still got they've got sixteen games left to play this season. But they've already played Luton twice. They've played Wickham twice. They've played Knox County twice. You know, played Coventry twice after this week, and they've played Mansfield twice. So Newport, they've played them as well. So you'd be looking at it and sort of thinking, you actually played most of the sides in and around the playoffs for the second time already, which means that they've got a lot of, you know, I think we're looking looking at it, they've got a lot of games left to come against sides in in the bottom half of the table. I think obviously Barnett and Forest Green, the bottom two, I think they're the only teams in the bottom half that they've played twice this season. So if, you know, if they can get the form going in and the running, they are going to be playing sides down the bottom of the league in, you know, you know who are, they'll be fighting for their lives but they're down there for a reason and that's because they're not as good as the opposition or signs in mid-table who sort of have nothing to play for so the games can can drift off a little bit but this you know as I think we were saying last week this the, the Mansfield game it's going to be a tough t- game where you know they're a good team they're, you know, Steve Evans you know has his faults but he seems to always get results at this kind of level and he's that side, you know, they're set up well. They'll they might be very similar to you know Wickham in a sense. It'll be a physical side, you know, maybe a lot of long ball stuff. And, you know, they'll take their time over set pieces and throw ins and and goal kicks. But they are again, they are a good side. And 
as their results have, have proven they sort of they clicked at the, you know, long last and living up to their billing they were pre-season favourites at the start of the season they didn't look it maybe for the first few months but they do now and I think it's again a game that just like last week that if you're offered a point you probably take the point and go okay you know we don't win this game we, probably, we might drop even further down the table but we haven't lost ground on this on them and you've just got to you know, then go for the, you know look at it and okay we'll, we'll win we've got other games we need to win them you know obviously crew and Grimsby later on that you know that with two you know it's two longer away trips but it's the two club trips or two clubs that are out of form at the minute they're struggling obviously Grimsby sacked their manager recently crew are getting dragged into a relegation battle that I don't think anyone really thought they'd be that bad and that close to it this season so you've got, you know if you look at the three games in that week coming up you'd sort of you know, maybe you'd start with a minimum five points. I think you know, yeah, and you know, you pick up you know a win and two draws. It wouldn't be the worst result to keep you you know where you are the minimum where you are. But I think it's a game that you you know this game is going to be a tough game, but probably one you don't want to lose. Just like last week, you know, you know you take the scrappy draw and then go to Crew and go to Grimsby and you know hopefully you can beat the better or beat those weaker sides. And um, just in terms of team news, we're not entirely sure um, in terms of availability of players. I think the big question mark will still be the defence. Obviously, Jordan Moore Taylor made a welcome return to the, the starting lineup against Wickham. Um, Jordan's story started again, um, but he suffered a pretty horrific blow um, to his jaw after a collision with Akin Femma. And we think he, you know, they wanted to bring him back on, but it sounded like you know, by the time they had the stitches and that wasn't perhaps a risk worth taking. Uh, so one would assume he'd be back in contention. Um, other than that, Dan, can you see many changes? I think the big uh, team selection for me last week was Liam McAlinden returned to the starting lineup. Do you think he's done enough to retain his place? Oh, it's an odd one because the start of the season he sort of looked, you know, he does look short on confidence a lot of the time. Um, you know, there were times where he was actually, when he got the ball at his feet, he was not too bad. But just, there wasn't the link-up, or there wasn't the, you know, the partnership with Stockley at all. You know, actually, on, on Saturday, I think they actually, part, you know, arguably the best, they sort of, they were linking up. You know, Stockley was winning the headers, and McAlinden was, was reading the runs, and he was getting on and chasing the ball around. But, you know, sort of, when he actually, he didn't sort of, you know, have the, perhaps have the confidence, or touch at the time to, to to make the most of that so it'll be interesting to see if he sort of keeps with that I think there's an element of perhaps looking at Wickham saying they're an old they had I think something like eight players over the age of 30 in that starting lineup, and perhaps he wanted someone to run at them a little bit more yeah. but which you know other, you know, so that other players might not do uh, obviously Ryan Harley would be you know possibly the, the man who likely comes in and you know, it'd be a, a different style of game that perhaps you're playing with him ahead of instead of McAlinden. But you know, it's obviously as we've always said, it's sometimes quite hard to to, you know, to understand or necessarily predict what Paul Tisdale is going to do. I think he might be tempted to to keep him in the side, particularly if you've got you've got three games in seven days coming up. So you're going to have to make changes 
at some point, you know, there's not like there's not going to, you know, going to be two or three changes between each of the games just to keep it fresh. You know, certain, you know, Ryan Harley often doesn't play three games in a week, so probably wouldn't start all of them. You know, Troy Archibald Henville, whether he's back fit, but he's unlikely to be able, you know, if he plays Saturday, he won't play Tuesday, and vice versa, I'd imagine. And obviously the likes, you know, obviously Pierce Sweeney obviously hobbled off, was, was hobbling around as a striker at the end of the game. Hopefully he's recovered as well, but that could, you know, you've got three games in a week and any doubts, you might not want to risk him in a home game, but I don't expect too many changes. He sort of you know, he likes the midfield too of Tilson and, and James. I mean, it's got it, it has its faults. It doesn't obviously look that creative and often they're not, neither of them really show for the ball or want to get forward. But it does have a bit more of a defensive solidarity about it, and I suppose maybe particularly against a, a Mansfield side who are free flowing, they are scoring goals. You're gonna want to protect the back four as much as possible. So I wouldn't expect too many changes. You know, possibly one at centre half if Story's not fit, or he, if he wants the you know the more experienced option of maybe Dean Moxie at centre half or Troy Archibald Henville if he's coming back. And but I think you know, there's a chance. You know, on the other one, maybe you bring in Harley for Macalinden if you want to play that kind of game. But that would be it, I would imagine. Mm. It's an interesting one because obviously you didn't have that game on, on Tuesday night, so you think the squad should be fitter and, and fresher. Um, finally, let's just have some predictions, um, Daniel. Uh, I'm going to go with the same that I said last week and a, a one-all draw. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting too many goals um, I was going to go for one or draw but I can never go for a same prediction so I'll go for a no 2-1 City win um, so anyway let's hope you know get back to, to winning ways or a positive result against Mansfield before that trip to crew next Tuesday night and um, hopefully we'll be talking about City's uh, automatic promotion charge back on